stop living by the word fine drives me bananas when people say eric how are you oh i'm fine how's the kids (laughs) fine how's life fine bro if there is one f word that you could get rid of for me in the vernacular it would be the word fine because right now somewhere on the planet there is an individual who is dying for your life quite literally yeah and so when you start to really look and say i am a miracle i do have a story I do have a purpose and that is my identity. I don't have to follow the crowd. I don't have to look like the others. I don't have to speak like the others. You will stop living fine and you'll walk into your greatness. All right, guys, this episode is sponsored by Orthos Footwear. Look, if you're tired of the same old shoe and soles that are too rigid or don't provide enough arch support, you've got to go check out Orthos Footwear. That's at orthos.com, O-R-T-H-O-S.com. Orthos insoles feature a premium tri-level design that provides your feet the ultimate support and energy return while aligning your feet to your body. It all starts with a solid foundation. Orthos footwear. Uh, Travis, your husband, father, entrepreneur, speaker, investor. You're also the founder of Accomplished Adventures, co-creator of Convicted Mindset, which is the number one prison curriculum in the U.S. Thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, brother, pleasure's all mine. Yeah, we have this fun, common thing between the two of us. We've both been guests on Dropping Bombs with Brad Lee. He was such a great dude. It was so cool to be down there. Uh, What was your experience like going down there? Man, he's such a real dude. Yeah. He's such a good human. Like, he really wants people to win. Totally. Yeah. I love that, you know, and, and, and I know you foster this, this mindset as well. Like there's, there's so much opportunity out there for all of us. Yes. Like, we just give the knowledge, give the abundance, give the time. And that stuff comes back to you tenfold. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. Yeah. He was such a great dude. And, and just being out in Vegas, it was kind of a whirlwind thing for me. I flew down Thursday night, got there at like 11 PM. I recorded at uh, like 1030 the next morning and flew home the yeah. next day. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful studio setup, doesn't he? Oh, for sure, man. It was so cool. Someday I'll get to that point where I just have to walk in the studio and my team takes care of the rest, right? <laughs> you don't. But we're all shooting for. Heck yeah. Totally. Yeah, dude. I love to kick my shows off by going back a bit, though. Where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you, man? Yeah, I grew up in Boston. Boston. Okay. Yeah, in Framingham, Mass. That's where kind of like my childhood experiences stem from. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then you got into like hedge funds pretty early on. I think you were like around 25-ish or so. Like, how did you get into that? Why did you decide to go that route? Numbers. I'm a numbers goofball. Okay. Um, I just love math, you know, and at a very early age, my, my, my pops was an entrepreneur and, um, you know, I was always trying to figure stuff out. I'm still that kid that has like the, the photo from the lemonade stand of like, you know, 10 years old. Yeah. And so I was always, I just love to sell, love numbers, love business. And, and so for me, you know, money was something that was always intriguing to me when you grow up with not much of it, yep. you know, um, it really, it really piqued my interest. And so, you know, I grew up kind of in the glory days of Wall Street, mm. you know, when, when it was the good old days of, of MBAs and hedge fund managers and, you know, that, that fun stuff, the, the Gordon Geckos of the world. Right. And, uh, and so I kind of had a fun heyday, had a fun run, and we managed a few million bucks at, at an early age of 25 and, and kind of had the tiger by the tail for a little while. Man. And it, I mean, as, as I'm doing research on you, there's like this oversight, regular to oversight that sends you to prison for couple of years, right? Like yeah. what happened there? How, what's going through your mind in that moment, dude? Dude, it was incredible. What an experience, right? So I just had a couple of guys, you know, plain clothes guys knock on my door and indict me one day. What? And 
Yeah, true story. No, no, no heads up. No, you know, like no, no handcuffs, no arrest, no pomp and circumstance. And, and, you know, it was this thesaurus of um, securities transactions. So very long story, very, very long story short. Um, (laughs) You know, I fought this charge for six and a half years, you know, it stemmed from 2006 and didn't go in until 2012. Wow. But simply put, you know, as the regulatory environment changes, laws change everywhere. It's kind of like today with marijuana. Yeah. You, know, you can purchase it in Oregon, but can't bring it to Idaho. Yes. So you have some federal laws that supersede state laws and vice versa. Um, and so that happened in the state of Arizona with our particular fund. We, uh, we, we failed to register with the state of Arizona. We registered exempt with the federal government, which means we give the federal government our securities offering. And uh, that just wasn't good enough for the state of Arizona. And they have a kind of a wild, wild west law that says anything over $99,000 must be registered or else, you know, it's kind of like this, um, this securities violation. And I had a few million dollars worth of those 99,000 transactions. So they came after me hard, 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 hard. And, and, and they didn't let up for six years, even after I sat down with the feds and the feds gave me a clean bill of health. I got a letter of recommendation from the FBI and, you know, none of those things really relented the state. I was, I was in the blender. Yeah. And, and so they gave me, they sentenced me to two years. Um, Arizona has a little good time policy. And then I got 90 days uh, more good time off of that. So I, uh, if you know the Malcolm Gladwell book, um, Outliers, I often say that, you know, that was my 10,000 hours of, of, of learning hmm. inside prison. Man. Now, were you married at that time? Heck yeah. And wow. To the same woman I, I'm married to today, 15 years later. Come on, man. What a, like what's going through her mind through this process, yeah. man? That must have been crazy. You know, we sat down on the floor one night and in our living room, and it, 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 it's hard to put it into words for folks unless you've really kind of been to the belly of the beast or gone through some horrible thing. And if you have, I, I empathize with you. Yeah. You know, we went into the courtroom. Think of it like this. Every month I went into the courtroom and got no outcome. Mm. Every month I left the courtroom and got an invoice from four attorneys. And, and so on one hand, nothing's happening, literally. And then on the other hand, I'm still trying to move my life forward, business forward. My wife's in, in college and I'm exhausted. Six sure. and a half years, I'm beaten to death, mentally, physically, emotionally. I'm writing $20,000 checks every month for legal bills. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting, man. And so we sat on the floor and I said, whatever's coming next cannot be this bad. And so we put it before the judge and uh, the judge in his own words actually used my pedigree against me, used my background, used my education, used my ability to speak, um, used my, my youthful exuberance all against me and said that I should have known better. And as a result, he was going to make an example out of me. Wow. Boom. What? That was the first time and last time, thank God, that I was yep. ever handcuffed. <laughs> Um, yeah, handcuffed immediately. Boom. Didn't, didn't literally my wife and I, we pulled up on the road, put our quarters in the meter. And cause uh, you got to think I've done this for six and a half years in the courtroom, out of the courtroom in the, right. Yeah. We, we pull up 8am quarters in the meter into the building. I still have my cell phone in my suit pocket when they arrest me. What? Oh my story. God. So all I did was, you know, I, I looked over the courtroom at her and told her that I loved her. And, and there came a point where I thought, all right, it's, it's go time. It's game time. I'm built for this. I'm built for this. And I'm going to figure out what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Man. 
when you were in there, what's the mindset of most prisoners that you came in contact with? Because I've had, you know, uh, Sean Michael Crane on the show. He was in there and he was able to put like business plans together and stuff like that. And, and you work with him. We'll deep dive into that a little bit more. But, uh, you know, what's the mindset you saw a lot of those prisoners have when you got in there? Victim mentality. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Most of these cats are a victim. Most of them think that the DA did them wrong or they're so-and-so told on them or their baby mama screwed them over. A lot of people have an excuse. Um, yeah. and, and, and that wasn't the way I, I would tell these guys, you know, it's kind of really where it's not kind of, it's exactly where this started. I called it the triangle of change. And I told them, look, you guys hold the pen to this story. You wrote the script. Mm. So now yeah. you have to change the story. You own this. And so it, for me, it started with ex extreme ownership, extreme accountability. And then what I really realized to a lot of these guys inside, even though they did have like a boatload of victim mentality and negative self-talk, what I realized was that they had no identity. Most of the time, these guys that were incarcerated saw themselves as X, as a drug addict, as a felon, as a whatever it may have been, right? Yeah. And so they're telling this story to themselves over and over and over, this negative self-talk. And I'm never going to get a job. Felons can't get a job. I can't start a business. I'm always going to be underpaid. You know, this, and, and what's interesting that we know thoughts actually become things. Yep. And so when you sit down and you tell yourself, I'm, I'm not going to do this and I can't do that. Well, your feelings typically control your actions and your actions control your results. So it's no surprise that if you've given yourself this narrative every morning, when you're brushing your teeth incarcerated, that you can't do anything and you're going to be back here, that you end up not doing anything and going back. Hmm. We Man. change that. We change yeah. that. We give them an identity. We tell them to hold the pen, change the narrative, and learn who you want to become. Gosh, man, that's so good that you're doing that. Now, is you're the founder of Accomplished Adventures, which is probably exactly what you were just saying right there. You know, it's such a great organization. How Thank did that all come together, man? Did you do that while you were in prison, or is that something that you came to afterwards? What's the mission of this thing, man? I got lucky when I was incarcerated. I ended up on Camp Cupcake, as they call it. Um, uh, I ended up doing 15 months and after about the first 90 days of intake and getting shuffled around, I landed on this little tiny yard in the middle of nowhere. Literally, I could see the Mexican flag at the border uh, from my cell at night. It was that close. Wow. 80 some percent of our correction officers actually lived in Mexico and walked over. And so um, I had the opportunity to leave the yard every day as a job. And we had this little thing called a small business development center. It was it was attached to the community college in the town. So all five prison yards would meet at this SBDC, and I became the business tutor. Quickly, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> no, it's a crazy story. And I, and I say this, in, you know, and in, in you, you're a well-traveled guy, so it won't come as a surprise to you, but most folks in middle America, if you told them every day that hundreds of thousands of inmates left the prison yard to go have jobs, they'd think you were crazy. Right. But they do. They do every day. They do every day. I'm here in Boise uh, as we speak, and I, there's a yard that I work closely with. They have about 800 inmates leave the yard every single day to go to work and come back. Some of those inmates are making 750 bucks a week. Wow. Right. Okay. So the middle America would never believe you that this took place. You know, yeah. they think you locked up, you, you throw away the key for X amount of time. And right. when they're out, they're out. But I got very lucky. And so that SBDC gave me a little bit of therapy. I'll be honest, Eric, when I was inside, you know, you go through the woe is me, go through the, the cry baby, you know, this, this, this shouldn't have happened to me. I'm not this type of guy. I don't belong here, yada, yada. And every day I got out. And when I got out, I kind of realized that there was something bigger here. 
Most of these guys were entrepreneurs in the wrong industry. Mm. Most of these guys wanted to have a business just in the wrong industry. And so I thought, you know what? I can change this. And so my wife would come down and visit every Saturday and Sunday. And I would write, I would write and write and write and write. And, and so I started talking about things like credit score, budget, financial literacy topics. And I, real, I realized really quickly that most of the problems that stemmed from incarceration, most, not all, came from money. Mm. So an individual would be incarcerated for car theft, for example. But that individual wasn't a car enthusiast. He wasn't at Barrett Jackson. You know, he wasn't restoring old Corvettes. He was a drug addict that stole a car to sell the car to get drugs. And so we, as a society, as a Department of Corrections, really weren't looking at the root cause. And so it came back to money. And so I thought, man, I told my wife, I could fix this so easily. I can teach these guys about FICO score. I can show them where they can get their credit score while incarcerated. Then they can walk out and get a Toyota Camry at a buck 99 on a lease. Right. They can get an apartment on a lease. That's a game changer. You're not going to a transitional house. You're not, you know, having fights with your neighbors in the shower over hot water. You're not arguing with your parole officer because you can't afford a car. These are game changers. And so I'll be honest, it was, it was, I needed prison as much as prison needed me for that year. And that's where Accomplished was born. And, and going back to that negative self-talk, I told these guys, look, the word felon is nothing more than a noun. But when you place an adjective in front of a noun, it gives it some color. If you've got short hair, bald hair, no hair, gray hair, blonde hair, long hair, it gives the word hair, a noun, a little bit of color, a little bit of feeling, a little bit of emotion. And so from today forward, every one of you is going to be accomplished. Mm, I love that, man. Gosh, man, that's so good. I love that you're doing that, man. That's so amazing. I love the organization there. Hey, guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing, and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, pottery, and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hanu Infusion and the Hanu Ashiatsu, as well as the Gua Sha and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good, go see Tracy down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. And while you're there, check out CDA Microblading, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fibroblast, tightening, and PMU services right there in the heart of downtown Coeur Make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com. And now you connected with Sean Michael Crane, who's also been on the show. Great dude, by the way. Great dude. Um, and you guys created Convicted Mindset. It's totally awesome. How did you guys get connected? Because I think this is an interesting story, how you guys got connected. Then for those who don't know, what is com- Convicted Mindset? Yeah. Sean and I got connected through God, if you're a believer, as I am. That's really yeah. been my only answer. I was traveling um, almost every single week during COVID for years. What happened was the prison industry called us and wanted a piece of curriculum for every institution in America. Mm. Most of us that were going through COVID, we kind of lost our minds. Like me, we were watching binge watching Tiger King on Netflix. Okay. Right. You know, it was just, there was nothing left to do. We were left with the trash. Um, And so we were, we were binge watching crap. And so you, you, you put yourself in an incarcerated person's shoes. You know, you're now locked down 23, 24 hours a day, kind of losing your mind. Sure, I have sure. no access to visitation. I'm not going to programs. I'm not working. I don't see my loved ones. This starts to take a mental toll on people, millions of people, right? Yeah. Suicides were up. 
depression was up, anxiety was up, obesity was up. You know, the Department of Corrections had all these problems. And so um, a lot of them gave us a call and said, hey, what can you do? And I said, well, I'll tell you what I can do. I can create a program. I nicknamed it Chicken Soup for the Incarcerated Soul. And it was basically a 30-minute mindfulness and a 30-minute exercise program. So in-cell exercise program coupled with 30 minutes of like a mini TED Talk, if you will. Sure. Okay. So, you know, you're not alone. You're not a victim. You know, all, all the stuff that we, we, we love to talk about, the negative self-talk and the limiting beliefs, I overcome that. And so that's really where it started. So I was traveling every week during COVID, crushing this. And uh, Sean had had connections with another individual. He was on a podcast and they said, hey, you got to reach out to Travis. And so Sean actually sent me a message. I believe it was on Facebook, which I'm almost never on. Right. And, and uh, I said, hey, man, I'm at the airport. My only flight was delayed today. I've got like two hours and give me a call. So we, we chatted it up and about, goodness gracious, 48 hours later, we were eating tacos on a beach in Santa Barbara together with uh, both of our families and our kids playing in the park. And he said, I'll tell you what, I just told my wife that I need to surround myself with people who are leveling up and I need to be involved in something that's much bigger than me. And I said, well, I've got an idea. You know, I want to change about a billion people's lives and I want to work for the president of the United States. So if that's big enough for you, like we should chat. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so we've been running and gunning ever since. Um, oh. We actually, just before this, we just had a phone call with the Washington Department of Corrections. They're looking to take our convicted mindset curriculum. And for the people that, that are out there that don't know what that is, convicted mindset works with two subsets of individuals, people incarcerated and people not incarcerated. So that's basically everybody. Right. And so you know, the, what we realized, and, and I know you know this, just because you're behind prison walls doesn't mean that you're exempt or doesn't mean that you're automatically having problems. Mm -hmm. And I say that to say this, so many of my friends that are incarcerated lead a life that is more purposeful and more meaning, meaningful than so many of my friends that are out here in society. And that's a sad state of affairs. And so what Sean and I realized was all of the issues, the mindset, the limiting beliefs, the habits, the goal setting, the who am I and why am I here on this earth? And uh, all of that stuff is relevant whether you're incarcerated or not. Right. So Convicted Mindset is a program. We have four pillars. It's mental, physical, spiritual, and financial. And we walk men and women through how to figure out their best selves through some limiting beliefs, through some discussion around past traumas, and through some really, really deep waters that we all get to tread together every week. Come on, man. That's awesome, dude. I love that. It, it, you know, and then you said, what are the quotes that you have on your website? It's your biog your biography is not your destiny, man. I think that is so awesome. And one of the things that I talk about is like, you know, my past and other people's opinions don't define my future. But so for that quote, man, your biography is not your destiny. How does, what does that mean to you, man? Bro, I, I put that on two shirts that I have. I, I came up with that in the middle of the night one night because I wanted to let everybody know that, you know, your biography is you, maybe it's a broken home right? Maybe you screwed up and you, and you got a divorce. You know, maybe you don't have, you haven't been the greatest example of a father figure because you didn't have one. That biography doesn't have to determine how far you're going in life. Just because your parents were terrible people, just because your teachers didn't give you the best leg up, just because your coaches didn't play you at all the good D1 games, doesn't determine how far you go in life. You're talking to a guy who kind of had the tiger by the tail for all intents and purposes. 
And there was no reason in the world that I should have ever been incarcerated. In today's world, as we sit here right now, it would have never taken place. But what I do know is that God had a bigger purpose for me, and I needed to go and serve those 10,000 hours because if I would have never been incarcerated, I would have never learned what was inside of me, truly, deeply inside of me, and I would never be able to have empathy for the people that I get to sit across from every day. Empathy is one of those words that people don't use enough. You know, like I'm so big on that's how we connect with people. I'm a relationship builder. I love connecting with people. And if we can have empathy and show them, man, I get, I understand, like, I, I, I know that's frustrating or, you know, whatever it is that we can help with, but if we can have empathy with them, man. I think that's what helps bond us all together, man. And that's so huge. So huge, bro. So huge. Because, you know, I believe this, I'm a firm believer in experiences. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that people make a change. The way that convicted mindset started was in order to make a change, you must be convicted. Mm. And so, you know, if that's physically, you've never met an MMA fighter that was like, maybe I'll just try this out. Right. (laughs) Right. Like those guys get choked out and about 30 seconds later, they go back to their mom's basement. Right. It's not for them. Yep. In order to make a true change in life, you have to be convicted. And that's where we come from. And so it's the experiences. Now you couple that, okay, I'm convicted, but now what? In order to really get to where you want to go, like I need to follow the individual who has a blueprint. That individual with that blueprint, that's, uh, call it a mentor, call it a, a friend, call it whatever you want to call it, but that's an experience. That person is ahead of you only because they've had more experiences. And nine times out of 10, those experiences are because they've been in some deep waters that they've treaded, lonely and dark oceans. They've been in some egregious situations. They've got some scars on their backs. They've climbed some treacherous mountains. That's why they're ahead of you. Not because they're perfect, not because their Instagram is prettier, but because they've been stretched by a new experience. And once a mind and a body has been stretched by a new experience, it can never go back to its former dimensions. Yes. Oh gosh, man. That's so good, dude. And and, you know, I'm reading a book right now called success leaves clues. And it's so true, man. Like all everybody who's gone through stuff ahead of me, they've all failed. There's not one entrepreneur that hasn't like gotten there. Perfect. Right. They've all failed through the massive amounts of stuff and they leave all these clues. And all we need to do is pick them up and follow those steps. And we can be in that same area, making an impact. And, and it's so good, man. What's your message to the world, man? God, bro, my, you know, my, my message to the youth uh, specifically, and this is heavy on my heart at the moment. I had a a deep conversation yesterday, so it's probably what's plaguing me to say this. My, my message to the youth of the world is about identity. Your identity is so important to you that you need to realize that the people that are in your life that are questioning your identity, that are, are making fun of your beliefs, that are doubting some of your goals. Those people are not meant for you. Your identity is this. You are a miracle. For us to be sitting here right now, breathing the way we breathe, living the way we breathe in America at this juncture is literally a one in 400 trillion opportunity. That's your identity. And so what I coach the youth of America to do is to stop living by the word fine. Drives me bananas. When people say, Eric, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. How's the kids? (laughs) Fine. How's life? Fine. Bro, if there is one F word that you could get rid of for me in the vernacular, it would be the word fine. Because right now, somewhere on the planet, there is an individual who is dying for your life, quite literally. 
Yeah. And so when you start to really look and say, I am a miracle, I do have a story, I do have a purpose, and that is my identity. I don't have to follow the crowd. I don't have to look like the others. I don't have to speak like the others. You will stop living fine and you'll walk into your greatness. Yes, man. How can people support you and your mission right now, man? Oh, man, that would mean the world to me. Um, we are doing an event and a conference on June 4th in Boise, Idaho. I'm putting 1,000 justice-impacted children under the roof, and we're providing them with free medical care for the day from St. Luke's, um, whether it's a, a chipped tooth or an ingrown toenail or a vaccine, they're taking care of it for free. We're making sure these kids go back to school with bicycles, school shoes, school supplies, backpacks, and hygiene. Right now in Ada County and Canyon County, for those of you who don't know, it's up in Boise, there's a pr just under 2,000 children, 2,000 of them, if you can wrap your mind around this, folks, that are what they call unaccompanied minors, which simply means the system has failed them to such an extent that they are couch surfing, they're living in Airbnbs, they don't have adults, parents, loved ones to watch over them. I don't believe, again, back to your identity, back to your biography. Just because your mom's a meth head, just because your dad made some poor choices, doesn't mean that you should go to school in eighth grade every day and be bullied. You should have a backpack. You should have the right school supplies. You should have a bicycle to get to and from. And so on June 4th in Boise, Idaho, the Convicted Conference is going to put a thousand children under a roof and really change their lives. It's a nonprofit organization. And so anybody who is looking to attend, it's free convictedmindset.com. You'll see the registration link. And for anybody who's looking for a charitable donation, who's looking for an organization to help, we're focused on the families and really changing the world through the next generation. Man, come on. That's awesome, dude. I used to live down in Nampa. So I understand yeah. the, the craziness and the families of broken homes that are in that area, man. This will be such an impact for, for that community out there, man. It's huge. Thank you for putting that on, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate it, brother. It does. It takes, you know, you asked my, you know, my question, my message to the world. My, my second word that I love to talk about is courage. Um, I, I want to put this event together because there's so many children out there who need to have role models who have the courage to let them know that they can be great. And for, for, for guys like you and I that are trailblazers that are, you know, really trying to, to set up the next generation for success and, and light a fire in the world. It takes courage to be successful. Yes. It doesn't take courage to be mediocre, right? Mediocre acts and walks and talks and looks all the same, but courage that looks different. And so I want to make sure that the courage that people have really pulls out their divine destiny, really understands, really helps them understand who they can be. And that's where I want to make sure everybody listening to this, if you've got that significant other that you just haven't been spending time with, that job that you know you didn't feel that you were up for the promotion, that business that you just wanted to start, that exercise routine that you know you're deserving of because you hate yourself when you get out of the shower, that takes courage to start. And you know and I know that you need to and you're better than that. So that's what I want to put out to the world. You didn't come here to be mediocre. Yes. Come on, man. That was awesome, dude. Such an awesome conversation, man. Thank you for taking time out of your day. You impacted so many people through this conversation. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. It's truly an honor to have you on. Likewise, brother. I love what you're doing. I support the heck out of you, and I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests, and I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape, or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. 
click that subscribe button, and then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.